Coach, Roach Coach, Podcast. Hot all day, every is the Roach Coach Podcast. All day, all day, every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you for another episode of Roach Coach, creating this new metal canon, one album at a time. This week, very exciting episode. Coming up later in the show, we will be talking to... The masterminds behind Louisville Loves New Metal slash Louisville Loves Emo, Zach and Brian. We're going to talk to both of them, talk about the show, talk about how they pick the songs, we're talking about all that stuff. So that is coming up in a little bit. But you got to be wondering, Lauren, Matt, that sounds like a hot interview. Hot interview. You're putting in the back half of the show, what do you got up top? Well, my friends, let's talk about it. It's who's festing, because we're talking about Pit Fest. Pit Fest. Get in the pit. Helsinki, Finland. (laughs) August 2024. Helsinki, Finland. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. August 2024. We got three fucking days you ready matt i'm ready you want to you want to tag team it let's do it the prodigy mashuga deftones soulfly seven dust fear factory american head charge dry kill logic amur spite tala cannibal accident all right friday what are your thoughts this is fucking hot this is a stacked fucking day okay right off the bat prodigy and deftones unbelievable i'm already done i'm already sold you sold me all right but then on top of that Soulfly, an apparently reunited american head charge are we aware of this did we know Holiday about this Kirk, where are you where Holiday are you Kirk, are you are place? you in helsinki finland for pit already Fest? Tala, that's it. Now, let's talk about this band for a second, Matt. Cannibal Accident. First time encountering this band. Me too. I'm thinking about this name, A Cannibal Accident. I feel like that can only happen if somebody accidentally serves you human flesh. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're at a restaurant. You're at a restaurant. You go to Big Boy. You're like, I like the Big Boy combination. And they put an actual Big Boy in your sandwich. (laughs) And you're eating it, and you're like, this tastes like a real Big Boy. And you're like, oh, no, cannibal accident. I didn't want to get got with a cannibal accident, but here I am, got and got. Got and got. Uh, Matt, we got to know. They're the bottom of the bill, so this is this is who you're going to see at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I'm excited. I need to know, what does Cannibal Accident sound like? All right, here we go. This is the number one played song. This is... Oh, these are very Finnish. Okay. Melenkotbuller is the name of this song, which okay. there's literally no way I pronounce correctly. Let's go. Thank you. 
hejsan alla sadelsniffare. Till följande ska vi berätta åt er hur man tillreder mellanköttbullar. Och jag kan säga rakt från mitt hjärta att det är otroligt goda med lite hemgjord sena. spot in my heart for grindcore and that is grindcore at its finest let me tell you that definitely sounds like you've accidentally eaten human flesh like everything's cool everything's uh all right so friday pretty hot pretty hot start stacked stacked all right saturday let's tag team it again matt corn huge atari Teenage Riot. Wargasm. Cypress Hill. Fear Factory again. Back to back. Idols. Infant Annihilator. <laughs> King 810. Motograder. Darko. Skindred. Black Totem. Okay. Saturday the 3rd. What do we think about this? Okay, so Corn and Wargasm. And Atari Teenage Riot. That's a pretty rockin' finale for your Saturday. It's huge. It's gonna be big. I mean, Atari Teenage Riot, I know you're more of a fan than I am, Matt. I like the song and the Spawn soundtrack. Just about everything else, kind of unlistenable. But, uh... Well, know. burn, Berlin, burn. I feel some songs are very listenable, and the rest of it is not for me. Okay. Uh, so I think I like half more songs than you do. Okay. Well, you know like what? If it was a list of 10, you'll be like, I like one, and I'm like, I like five. Okay. That makes sense. Here's the thing. They're playing a festival, so it's going to be nothing but the hits. Whatever the hits are for Atari Teenage Riot, that's what you're going to get. I literally cannot believe that Idols is playing this festival. Idols is not a pit fest band. Well, Matt, I like it, Idols a lot, but unless they took a real serious turn on this last record. Not only that, Matt, if I'm to believe that this is the order reverse from closer to opener, mm-hmm. then Idols is in between Infant Annihilator and a second Fear Factory set. I love that Fear Factory's like, we're playing two days. If, if I'm going I mean, to seriously, Finland, two yeah. days. If it were Fear Factory followed by Idols, then Cypress Hill, that makes more sense because it's kind of like getting you. I just can't imagine Idols being like, give it up for Infinite Annihilator. You know what? I need to know. Here's a song about immigrants. I mean, Infinite Annihilator, I got to imagine, is probably, probably more grindcore, if I had to guess. If if I had I've heard them before because you cannot have a band's title like that. Uh, let's go. Soil. Oh boy, you boy. All of these all of these titles are a little rough. Oh no. Uh, let's go with blasphemian. Okay.
this is the part of the show where real metalheads go, oh, these two fucking clowns don't know anything about metal, do they? And Lauren, you and I look at each other and go, correct, this is a new metal podcast. I'm going to be honest with you, Matt, you can, you, you can bring this down, because, uh, yeah. I, uh, I was just reading uh, some of the song titles on their 2012 album, The Palpable Leprosy of Pollution. And I'm going to be honest, not a fan. Not a fan. I might be I might be a little offended right now. I'm like, that's what I was saying. The song was Soil the Stillborn and I was like, these guys are really on brand. These guys these guys know what they're doing. I'm going to say it. Everybody at home, Soil the Stillborn. Uh that's one of the nicer titles. That's okay? a tame one. That's a real tame one. Okay? It gets way worse. Already for a band that has a pretty dark title. Pretty dark title off the top. Let me just tell you, they uh, they double down, and apparently they are going to open for idols. So uh, get ready for that at Pitfest. A, a band whose catchphrase for their new album is Love is the Thing is about to have their opener <laughs> play songs like Unholy Grave Birth. Listen, Matt. The thing you got to think about is not so much the presentation of them playing before or after this band. Okay. It's that they're going to have to share craft services with this band. Right. They're going to have to have that moment. What band are you in? I'm in Idols. What band are you in? Oh, Infant Annihilator. Oh, yeah. I've right. heard you guys. I've heard you, you guys. You're from the a UK couple. like us. You guys, are, you guys are pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. We get, we get nuts. Uh, can, you, can you hand me... Uh, some of those Ritz crackers. Gonna just get those real quick. All I right. don't feel like we actually heard, we heard like them noodling. Let's see if we can get like to the middle of a song. Okay, so that's way more technical metal, deathcore, grindcore vocal. That is not my shit. That is somebody else's shit, and I will give it to you, and I will never disparage it, disparage it. But I also won't come around when you're listening to. Also, it. Matt, you you kind of bearing the lead here that also that's my shit is uh, a rejected song title by uh, Infant Annihilator. So we got two days down, and I know what you're saying, guys. All right, there's a lot to get into here. Infant Annihilator is going to be there. Fear Factory is playing two days for some reason. Two fucking days, bro. But also, Deftones, Corn, okay. It's nice. Let's bring it home, Matt. Sunday the 4th. Electric Cowboy. Limp Biscuit. Napalm Death. Slaughter to Prevail. Static X. Trivium. Cattle Decapitation. Willhaven. My Ticket Home. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Okay, keep going. Kill switch engage. Fire from the gods. 1056. Okay. Bro, I had, Bro. I thought my ticket home wasn't active. 
So did I. And I'll be honest with you, I was so blinded by this holy trinity of Deftones Friday, Corn Saturday, Limp Biscuit Sunday. I didn't see that. They truly buried the lead here. My ticket home is playing. Is back? They're back? Good good God, I hope so. Oh my God. This is very big. Very big. Huge. The the idea that you can go to Helsinki, Finland in August of 2024 and over the course of three days see Deftones, Corn, Limp Biscuit, a reunited My Ticket Home, Fear Factory twice, Soulfly. Also, for some reason, Idols is there. <laughs> what are they doing? What there? is happening at Pitfest? You fucking did it. You fucking did it, Pitfest. Okay, so we're going to have to investigate this more because my ticket home, I cannot believe these boys from Ohio are playing Pitfest and then going, well, that was fun. See you. Yeah, see you later. Literally, their last socials are for the video that came out in 2018. The Time Kills Everything official video. It's like truly like some of their last posts. Okay. We hopefully by the time this episode goes up, more has been revealed. But let me tell you, this is something. This is something. It's exciting. Very exciting. So, pit fest. Seeing those pits. Seeing those I, pits. I never heard electric call callboy, or I did not recognize electric callboy, and I was like, how are they headlining over Limp Biscuit? And then I realize now this is Helsinki, Finland, and yeah. this band. Have you heard this Electric Callboy? So actually, Amy played them for me like a couple of years ago, and they apparently changed their name from something else to become Electric Callboy. The song that I'm understanding is the one that everybody knows, and I believe also was recommended for you, Matt, in yes. DM, was the song Pump It. Yes. So I listened to this and I, I, you know, yep, they're right. It was Eskimo Callboy. Mm. And uh, I can see why they changed that. Here is uh, Pump It. This is like eating a bunch of candy. I I really like it in that sense where it's just like it's kind of ridiculous. It's over the top. It's a lot of fun. It's like why I like 100 Gex. It's like it this feels like it's going to be I'm going to go to the arcade. They're going to have a dance dance revolution machine on it mm-hmm. and somebody's going to f- do dances to this. Like the arrows are just going to be flying up. Yeah. It's it is that where it's just it's very much like this is super fun, and we're in a we're in a crowd together. Mm-hmm. But well, if it's you know, well, I think also this type of brand of music 
also is much more popular in European countries because there is less of a taboo around that level of maximalism that in the United States we get a little embarrassed by it. It's like it's too much. We don't know what right. to do. We're not used to that many things being jammed together. I think one of the really good examples of this, and, and it really does lend itself to the European sensibility, is there's a dance, electronic dance group, or it's really just one guy, called Bloody Beat Roots. Yes. 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 And the early Bloody Beat Roots stuff is very much in the vein of like Bloghouse 2007 Justice stuff, Semi Mobile Disco. You can kind of run it all together, that that Daft Punk human after all stuff. It all runs in that same sort of filter disco type of sound. Yes. But then subsequent albums, he's just like, what if <laughs> I have this pounding drums and a choir and Paul McCartney and all these right. sounds all on top of each other? And there was a review that this guy put out. I want to say it was Christopher Weingarten, the uh, the critic, and I think he said something effective like, "This is the case where a tremendous amount of talent was developed in someone with no taste." And oh my I God. was like, "You know what? I think he's not wrong," because when I listened to not so much the first Bloody Beat Roots record. Rambo which I think is pretty much like super it, fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a pretty killer record, but it's also still once again in that justice zone, familiar yep. with justice. But the second record and the records after that one, the second Bloody Beatles record, Hide. I'm pretty sure that is like he's no one told him no. He could do whatever he wanted, and it's really windows to wall insanity on that record. Like put it on and you'll know. You'll know like pretty fast if you can hang or not it's it can be tough it could be pretty wild but there's a song in there called reactivated that's a true fucking banger but even that one he's like what if i take it to the red and just live in the red and oh, it's wow. like well you know it's it might be too much so electric callboy in a bit of the similar uh similar vein pit fest 2024 helsinki finland three days of what i can guarantee will be insane it looks yes. like history in the making we just put it out there right now okay it, it looks like pure madness pure madness plus friday deftones saturday corn sunday limp biscuit also my ticket home back what wow i love it oh my gosh man okay next up we got a dm we did we got a dm and it's from uh one of the boys in that new metal band and he said hey there i'm a longtime fan of the show and also a singer in the band that new metal band we're a cover oh, wow. band that plays all of your favorite new metal tracks from lincoln park to corn and limp biscuit we just released our first original song called the lion hope you'll be interested in checking it out buddy we're checking that shit out right now i found it i got it it's explicit I'm happy. Here's that new metal band with The Lion. Oh, 
tell you when you're covering nothing but the greats day in day out week in week out months after months and when it's finally time to make your original you know what you're gonna need let's run it down the list matt we're covering all our bases chug scratches weedily guitar uh a chester bennington-esque vocal rapping and lyrics about like hey uh no what? I'm not taking this. I'm sick of your shit. Come on. Come on. What are we doing here? That new metal band is here. They got originals. They're learning from the best. They're doing it all. They're taking notes. They're taking notes. This is what you want. Honestly, I heard the chug and I was like, you guys can do whatever you want after this. And they kind of do. <laughs> they kind of do. Uh, I was a fan of that. I'm excited to hear more. These boys are playing all the time. So check your local listings. Get in the fucking pit. Please? Please? Get in that pit. Matt, we got to talk about one more thing before we get to this interview. And it's it's all about who's repping the roach. Who's repping that roach? So uh, I received a DM from our good friend, Aaron Johnstone. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And Aaron goes, hey, you guys get a shout out here. I was like, what? He sends me this what? link. To the podcast, the Joy Tactics podcast. No, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with this podcast. I was not familiar with them. There's uh, a lot of podcasts. There's so many. You know, we're just one of a trillion. One of many, many pods. You could be with any other podcast in the world, and we're so happy that you're here with us. Absolutely. And so, they have on Will from Hotline TNT, a new hot and up and coming band. That Matt, you had told me I need to check out. Yes, because right here in my hot little hand is their brand new album. They just signed a third man. So I went to third man. I got the ooh, so special mm. limited edition. Very yeah, nice. but uh, the new album uh, by Hotline TNT, it is called Cartwheel. Cartwheel? Yeah, Matt, Cartwheel. Matt, it's, it's, it's great. It's great, but that's not important. What's important is that they shouted out the coach on the show. They did. They did. Oh. While discussing new metal with the hosts of Joy Tactics, they started talking about us, the coach, and uh, it was Will from Hotline TNT, and he said, Roach Coach, check them out. They got a couple good episodes, and you know a what? A couple good episodes. We got a couple, They're right. baby. They're not They're wrong. Right. We got a couple. Plus, there's a couple good there's ones. There's a couple in there. in there. Dig through the archives, baby. We got a couple hot ones. 
Find them, tell me. Yeah, send us a link. Let us know. We probably forgot we recorded them. So thank you so much to Aaron Johnstone for letting us know. For Will of Hotline TNT, for repping the roach, thank you. And for Joy Tactics Podcast for keeping that in the pod and not cutting it out. You could have done that. Which they could have done. They could have done. So we appreciate all of it. We love it when you're repping the roach. So, of course, if you are listening to a podcast and you hear someone else from a hot up-and-coming indie band repping the roach, let us know. Because then we will slide into their DMs and ask them to come on the pod. And maybe, possibly, we will have them on. No spoilers. No spoilers. Right now, Matt, we've got to get to this interview. But teasing We do, it. we do. It is with Zach and Brian of Louisville Loves Emo, Louisville Loves New Metal. Take a listen as we chat away. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to this part of the show. We're very excited. We have the guys from Louisville Loves Emo with us on the pod here to talk about their night, how they set it up. But we also, because Lauren, you went to this show. You told me all about mm-hmm. it. I was jealous as hell. Mm-hmm. Also, Louisville Loves New Metal. We want to find out. We got Zach and Brian on the show today. How are you doing today, gentlemen? What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you so much. Appreciate having you here. I want to know straight up and down who's got it. Who's got the tightest explanation of how Louisville Loves Emo came together? I'll give it a shot. So it, it started where it, it, it started partly as a partnership that I used to have with Headliners Music Hall. So I used to work in radio way back in the day, and we were doing cover shows there, and Years down the road, after we'd done a lot of Tom Petty and Fleetwood Mac cover shows, uh, the owners of the club came to me and said, we just got to be friends. They said, do you have any new ideas? And I said, I have a buddy named Zach, and he's always got new ideas. And let me have lunch with him. So he and I went to uh, Feast Barbecue in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, and we sat down at a table. And I thought, I always say that I thought he was going to pitch me on a Radiohead cover event. Like, I thought that's what it was going to be. And he looked at me and said, what if we just got, like, all the musicians we know and we all played our favorite emo songs from the early 2000s. And this was 2018 when we had this lunch. And I thought, mm, that sounds great to me. And it sounds great to you. I can't imagine that we're going to be able to fill up Headliners Music Hall by doing that. And Zach is an entrepreneur. And he's a smart guy. And he's always pushing an idea that's like six months ahead. And uh, it turns out that we had about six months. And it totally worked. And the first time we did it in 2019, we almost sold that club out. And we're shocked. And uh, it's been a thing ever since. That's awesome. So when you say we're going to get a band, and not just a band, a band that is composed of other artists, other local bands, how do you navigate that? That seems titanic. It's it's a huge exercise, a big ask. How do you land that plane? How does that happen? Yeah, so it's a total nightmare. I highly don't recommend anyone else do it. <laughs> this is the part of the show that Zach fully controls. I just am like, hey, Zach, do you want to organize 3,000 cats? And he's like, sure, Brian. Yeah, I'm allergic to cats. Why not? Right. Um, so the first show was, you know, it's always day one, as you guys were saying earlier. Yep. Uh, the first show, I was largely inspired by something that we also do in Louisville called the Rock Lottery. Uh, my friend Craig Funder organizes that. And the way that show works is they take like 20 ish musicians and they randomly assign them uh, to bands, but like, you know, drummer, bass, guitar, like a good mixture. It's not like six drummers in one band. And then those those bands have to write three songs in a week and then perform them at the end of the week. 
maybe even a couple days. It's like really, it's a really tight turnaround, but it's like a who's who of local musicians and stuff. And so I thought, what if we combined that concept with this? There've been a lot of emo nights that have been happening kind of around the country. And we have a friend Duncan who does the DJ version of that, but they're all DJ events. And I was like, I want to do, I want to mash those two things together. I want to have the emo songs, but actually play them on instruments. Like the way all the shows I went to like have the energy of that. But I like this kind of rock lottery idea. What if we just had a hodgepodge of people? And so that first show, I just recruited everyone as individuals and then was like, okay, we have four drummers. We have like five or six bassists. We have like 27 guitarists or something. <laughs> you know, we have like 96 vocalists. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we were thinking, but uh, yeah. And so it was, it was the way we basically structured it was each set was a drummer because like they're the worst people to swap in and out for a variety of reasons. Right. But we were swapping, you know, song to song, you might swap two guitars, but not the bass. And the next song, the bassist and the vocalist would go off. And I mean, it was, it was total chaos. Um, but it was so novel to everyone involved, both participating and watching that, like, it didn't feel as awful as it like kind of objectively was. It it felt like a house party. Like if you, that was sort of the attitude that we took after a while was like, I, and, and if you, you've been to one of our shows, Lord. So I, I host because that's my background. And so I just turned it into like, Hey, we're just here to hang out and party and have fun. And Oh, look, the band's going back on. And so we got through the first one that way. And then we had, once we realized we had something that might be successful, we sat down and said, okay, crap, if we're going to do this again, how do we make it tighter? And that's where Zach's background in, in music and being a, a touring musician for years and years, um, he, he had a lot of ideas to make it, make it run a little more smooth. That's amazing. I, the first question that comes to my mind now is you have a show December 2nd. So how far do you back up the timeline to make sure that you've got everything set? Because I'm, I'm a planner too. Like I've put on quite a few shows around here and it's always like, okay, six weeks before we need this done four weeks, we need two weeks. How does, how do you nail that in? Yeah. So we, I think the first time we did it, I'd I'd have to double check, but I think we had like four, four to six months. Like we had a decent amount of time to organize it. And then we did it and it went so well, we were like, we should do another one in like six months. So we did one in February and one in October. And then that felt like a little tight. We were like, okay, maybe that's too much, uh, but we'll do another one next year. And then COVID hit. So we had to take a year off. Right. Um, Cause that was, those were both in 2019. Now we do the emo show once a year, but this year we kind of air quotes screwed up and we did the new metal show three months like before the emo show or four months before the emo show. And so that took three or four months to prepare. And then it was literally like the day after we're all like the Sunday scaries is what my friends call it, where we're all like, what we're like, what, what have we done? We have to go back to work tomorrow morning and not like our day jobs, like on the show. Like we have to go in 15 weeks. I think there was a text that went out Sunday morning that said, holy shit, 15 weeks. Yeah. And part, part of that is, you know, as you guys probably know, like we, we've primarily only worked with, actually we've only worked with headliners uh, up until this point. And so they're like the premier midsize kind of club in town. And so you got to book, you know, you got to get the dates you can get. If you want a Friday or Saturday, you have to be at least three months, if not like six months out. So right. Brian's texting the club in February being like, what are our December options? You know, uh, luckily we've kind of cemented the first weekend in December. We kind of like own that slot or at least That's first nice. right of refusal right now. But the August new metal show was like a new, like kink in the works that we threw so so obviously we're a new metal show we love new metal here what was the impetus that kind of pushed you in the new metal direction 
So this is really funny because again, I'm going to point to Zach and his, him being able to sort of anticipate trends. So his background is all, I mean, he was working with Chia before people knew what that was. Like that's literally a thing he did in college. And so he, that applies even to his artistic endeavors. So when he pitched the emo thing, it was a little bit before the full on emo craze that we have now. And I honestly didn't think it would work. I, I joke that if somebody said, now do you want to do an emo night? Like every club in America is doing an emo night. There's like yeah. every bar in Louisville does emo now at like at least once a month. Yeah. And we were on the very, very front end of that. So about a year and a half or two years, like maybe near the end of COVID, Zach's like, we should do a new metal night. And I'm like, bro, we, that's not going to work. And so we even made a playlist. We looked at it. We sort of charted it out. And, and then, and we decided in 2022, we were like, I think we're going to, maybe we'll do it in 22. And then we, that it got down to crunch time and we decided to stick with emo. We'll just do emo in December. Yeah. And I remember it was, it was actually almost a year to the day ago um, in November 22, right before Thanksgiving, I was driving to Indianapolis uh, and he calls me and he goes, have you seen sick new world? And I was like, what do you mean sick new world? And he goes, they mm -hmm. just, they just, just like the, when we were young fest, they're doing one with new metal. He goes, this is our moment. We should do it next year. And I said, okay, I'm in. I said, you, you called it last time. I'm going to trust you this time. And he was right. That's awesome. Do you have a kinship to new metal? Because you know, talking yeah. about, Awesome. I, I want to hear yeah. about it. Like, yeah, what yeah. is, who are yeah. you guys? What do we like? So, so, you know, age wise, uh, so we're, I think we're all relatively the same age. Uh, so I'm 38. I think Brian, you're like 41, yeah, 40, 40. Um, his younger brother was my drummer. So that's how we know each other. And, and, um, we were in an emo band together, his brother and I, but, um, I came of age, when punk was a thing and the new metal was a thing. And so the thing I like to joke about with a lot of my friends is I'll dress up for the emo nights and I'll have like the, the nail polish and the eyeliner and the swoopy hair and all that stuff. And a lot of my like adult friends are like, Oh, it's so cool to see you back in your emo days. And I was like, Oh, I never looked like this when I was younger. Like I was <laughs> in an emo band for five years, but I just looked like a frat bro the whole time. And I was like, but I had the chain wallet, the spiky blonde hair, the Jinkos, <laughs> the etnies like i was a fucking new metal kid like i was like i love that shit like uh three dollar bill y'all was the first like proper new metal album I had but i remember listening to my friend ben who taught me how to play guitar when he was in fifth grade and i was also in fifth grade which is kind of bizarre uh his sister's boyfriend had a cassette tape and we had no because it was a cassette we had no idea what was on it it was just yep. a mixtape and I now know that I was listening to like corn and Limp Biscuit and stuff, but we would just mosh <laughs> in his bedroom as like 11 year olds, just like three 11 year olds shoving each other, being like, you know, give me something. To no, break stuff one now. It was Faith. Faith was the right. song that we were like losing our minds to. Gotta have Faith. And we're like doing the, the scratch solo. Like we even know what that means. Like, yeah. So I was, I was super into new metal in kind of my formative years, like 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, TRL, like oh, yeah. every other song was in sync or Limp biscuit like it was insane it was such a yeah. weird cultural time totally. in such a great way um but yeah so that was my first love emo was my second love like i got into emo and hardcore and stuff like in college uh, a lot of my friends could turn me on to those bands like the first one that really flipped me was like thursday and and partly because they were screamo right so yeah. they were more like i was like oh it's like heavy but it's also kind of kind of cool so but yeah new that. metal was my first love and so it was kind of full circle to come back to it uh and, and one other quick thing too, is, you know, being the quote unquote entrepreneurial mindset, like one, I saw emo start to get really saturated, but Brian mentioned this playlist he made 
and I have to give uh, I have to give him a hard time about it. He gave it a code name so that no one would know we were working on this. <laughs> so the name of the playlist was Peace Like a River. Because <laughs> like I have playlists that are like Louisville loves new metal, Louisville loves emo. Like they're like yeah. public playlists, right? So he had a that was our incognito playlist that we'd share. We literally, songs. I mean, we could go and look at the date, but that that predated us actually doing Louisville loves new metal by maybe like a year and a half. Like it oh, was wow. around way before that we wow. actually pulled it off because we were talking about this for so long. And and my relationship with new metal is partly age. Like I try to explain because he mentioned my younger brother, my younger brother came to the new metal show and he's worked on the emo shows with us, but he just, he doesn't really connect with new metal at all because he's six years younger than me. And so he came to the show and claims, which I think is, is not true, but he claims he didn't know any of the songs that we did at the Louisville's new metal show. Just, just partly because of age. Cause if you just didn't go backwards at all, you wouldn't have known those songs. But because I was squarely in that period in the early two thousands, especially, I mean, you couldn't get away from it. And I remember like my main memory of like really being in the thick of it is being at a party in high school. And this is very, very much a specific moment in musical history where a guy's like, hey, I downloaded what I think is the new Stained song. And we drove away from the party and into a (laughs) cul-de-sac. And like, we're just three straight dudes listening to Epiphany and like (laughs) trying not to cry. That's amazing. I came I came to it late. Uh I was very I'm older than everybody here. I'm 46. And so when it hit 99 like where it really was just like everywhere. That was almost like my senior year of college. So I was still watching TRL and everything like that, but I was chip on my shoulder thinking I knew everything good and that new metal sucked. And then Lauren and and Jenny, the former co-host of the show, were like, we're going to do this show about new metal. I'm like, great, I'll just engineer it. And here I am seven years later being like, you know, that first uh, Limp Biscuit record is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, that was that was the long. Con yeah, this though. was a you know, very long con to me for me to say I liked new metal. <laughs> well, and Lauren, what's funny is that that brings that. That kind of brings that to that playlist because one of the things we do, like the analytical side of me is we all have emotional blind spots. And we talk about this a lot in the show where like perfect example is Brian and I really wanted to play a piebald song at Louisville of Zemo. So we did. And no one gave a fuck except for like the five people. Actually, not even all the people playing it. <laughs> like three well, like, of the five people who it. played that song liked it. Like that's how that's how few people liked the song. But we loved it. It was great. But um, so the one thing you can do, it's like a hack or whatever, is just look at Spotify plays, right? Like it's not a perfect science, but when we were building that playlist, it was like the smallest song on that playlist had 150 million plays or something insane, right? And you, and you think about it and it's like this was on the radio 20 years ago and it's mm-hmm. still on the radio and it never went away. Like emo went away yes. and came back. Like new metal just kind of is rock radio. Like. Linkin Park never left the radio. I mean, they're nope. even bigger now than they were before, but it's like some of their songs we would go like the biggest song on our emo playlist has 600 million plays. And then like the smallest Linkin Park song has like 1.2 billion, right? Like it's just a different scale of, of kind of, you know, adoption to the, really the crowd. And so when I was building that playlist with Brian, like that was kind of the, you know, me being like, I think this is still a thing, like, because Spotify is still new, right? Like that's why I kind of like yeah. it is, there's bands on there that have 10 million plays that I'm like, oh, I love that. And in theory, if we could see MySpace stats, I think that song is huge. But like it didn't stay huge. Whereas like 
you know, one step closer is like still has oh my God. a yeah. billion plays or something insane. So you can turn on modern rock radio today here. It's been a while here. Yeah. yeah Lincoln mm-hmm. Park. Definitely probably hear a corn song to tell the truth. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then it's so. going to be Alice in Chains yeah. and, and Nirvana song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we learned, and then Fallout Boy, of course. <laughs> yep, followed up, of course. He, yeah. He's mentioning that uh, that piebald song, and that's always that was a big learning experience for us. The second one, so we did the first one, and we got, and we were like, oh my god, almost seven hundred people came to our party. We, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. That was the two things. We got to do it again, and then we can do whatever we want because people want this, right? And so we really screwed up hard in the in the second iteration by like taking all of the rules away. And so the musicians who have done this with us uh, so many times now know not to question our uh, the, the the things we put in place because we've taken the the training wheels off a few times and then realized like oh nobody wants to hear piebald or that refuse song hits really hard for us but maybe it doesn't hit for everybody in the room you know and just trying to make sure that we are doing something that is enjoyable and pleases enough of the crowd for it to be something that people long to come back to over and over yeah because if i go to an emo night i want to scream sing something in the crowd like right i'm also part of this show no matter what you think that's a hundred percent it right it's the house party vibe right it's like everybody's involved it's not just about these vocal performances And, and we've had we've had the opportunity to have some amazing vocalists on stage who really do bring something new to the songs but at the end of the day if the guy in the in the middle of the crowd is not singing his heart out. We're we're sort of missing the mark, and so it's like trying to get everybody to be part of that experience. Yeah, and and unlike the DJ shows where you could be like, oh, this song isn't hitting, fade into the next song. Like you're playing the whole you're song, like, right? <laughs> you like you spent three months learning this song, and it's six minutes long. Like we're 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 in this thing together, right? So that's the other like you got to respect the the crowd and kind of the vibe. Um. Yeah, I will say that was uh, one of the great things about the the, the new metal night was um, it was every song clearly picked to hit the audience. Like even although you did some Creed, which I, I was like, mm, I, I was going to bring that up. This is so, <laughs> so the the Creed thing is funny because yeah, it's like is it butt rock? Is it just mainstream rock? Whatever. And ironically, Creed's having a moment. One could argue I called that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, False. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. And that first Creed album slaps and anyone who says it doesn't is lying. But um no, I, I think so the funny thing was we were doing song selection and we talked, you know, we went some deeper cuts, but again, like a deep new metal cut still relatively like big, like Mud Vein or something like that. Yeah. But uh and I, I made a comment where I was like, we, we typically do acoustic sets between the bands, so that's like another part of our shtick is you know, we have like a DJ opener and then they also do filler if there's ever any issues and then we have full bands and acoustic sets and that's kind of like a mixture and i I made a comment where i was like you know i think it would be i think it would be hard to like pull off a creator nickelback song unless we a did it acoustic as a sing-along because that's even more of a sing-along when it's acoustic because like it's if you don't sing along it's awful (laughs) like it's you're there's that many people in the room and if they're louder than the person on stage like the vibe is not great yep uh, so you have to play big epic hooks that everyone knows all the words to. And I was like, B, we know a guy who's played at several of our shows named Mike Mullins, who's uh, a big bad motherfucker. He's like the nicest guy on earth, but he's, he's like huge. You know he what? Looks I'm like at- a pro wrestler, right? Yeah. And so we we're like, I was like, I'm gonna make him play those songs because <laughs> who's who's gonna kick his ass after the show? No one. 
And then he came out, if you remember, he came out and he was like, I dare you not to sing along to this. And it was like, you know, like at that point you had to. So it, it worked very well. And of course, you look out in the crowd, and everyone's like, "Can you take me high?" Because everyone, because that song fucking slaps. Like, yeah. And Nickelback, yeah, like, dude, and and of course he did "Stain," which was like a good wrap it up to where it's like, okay, like here's the one like quintessential new metal song of his set. But mm-hmm. but I was like, if anyone can pull this off, it's Mullins, and I just want it's like a I want to prove to people that that they like this stuff and they they did they sang their hearts out it, it was just as good of a sing-along as doing like avril lavigne at emo night like people were just like losing their shit you know that's awesome so it was a real motherfucking yeah. deal y'all <laughs> it was it really was yeah i have to say that the thing and this is this is a very old guy feeling on it um but i just want to tell you and commend you on the fact that you guys were like starts at eight ends at eleven <laughs> That's all me. And it fucking did. That's all me. So Zach, this is Zach and I's biggest fight is how how much music we cram into the evening. And again, we learned in number two. And number two, I think we tried to do six hundred and seventy two songs. And <laughs> one of the things that we, one of the things we planned was the Black Parade. So we the big finale was going to be we are going to do MCR's Black Parade. We had I, we went as an to, encore, and I hate encores, and it was my idea. So I don't know what I was thinking, but. We we drove and met a guy like in a random parking lot to get a to get a walking bass drum or yeah you know what I mean like a walking march yeah, like yep, yep. yeah. and we got all this gear and we got all these people and by the time we got on stage to do that thing it was like twelve forty five and there were seventy people left in the club <laughs> and it was the most defeating thing and I was like never again this show has got to end at like eleven eleven fifteen yeah. and uh, and it's been really successful because we leave people like feeling like. Very, you didn't do this you didn't do that i want to come back they got to do that one i want to come back leave them wanting more yeah Uh, i will say the pictures turned out sick though (laughs) yeah the pictures were cool we just photoshopped more people into the yeah we had the outfits we had like we had the whole nine yards but yeah everywhere there were more people in the black parade than. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it obviously you've got your 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 set list set for Luva Loves Emo, do you have a set date for the next new metal night? No, not yet. We're definitely no. doing it. We, we're right. we're 100% awesome. committed to it. Okay. Uh, it went better than we thought it would, too. Uh, we were a little nervous just because, you know, anytime you do something new. Um, but we had a really good mm-hmm. turnout. Um, and the, obviously the club wanted us to do it again. I think they... It's maybe a little too much inside baseball, but I think they made more money at the bar from that show than they do from the emo shows, even though we tend to have more people at the emo shows. Like, I guess the new metal crowd, just $20 shots of Jaeger or something. I don't know what they were doing. (laughs) Four loco, like just win or lose new metal booze. It was well, and we thought there would be some crossover. Because like I'm a crossover, right? Like I, I love emo, and I you know I also have a spot for new metal. Same thing with Zach, sort of in the opposite direction. So we thought, oh, we'll we'll see a lot of the same people, and we hope we don't cannibalize our nights. And I mean, I guess we'll really see on December second. But for the most part, anecdotally, everything that I could tell that night that was no brand new people. We we did not see very many familiar faces. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I think ultimately there's there's definitely a slightly older demo that you're going to get with the new metal. Um, and when you listed it as an all ages, I was like, there's going to be people bringing Which their was kids. Cool. And there were. It was super fun. Yeah. There were so many kids, spiky hair, like mom, dad, and the two kids all with like full mohawks and stuff. It was great. Honestly, as I was telling Matt and, and Ashley had pointed out that I, that came with me, it was like the vibes were immaculate. 
you know, it was just a good time. And I mean, I got to tell you, I didn't know what sort of turnout it was going to be because, I mean, with this show, it's always blowing our minds when people reach out to us about how much they love new metal. And I remember pulling up and like lying out the door, cars down the street. I'm like texting Matt, new metal's back, baby. <laughs> Is back. Yeah, it's we've been we've been uh, you know I think one of our biggest things with Zach and I for doing this like you know when you do this and you you know all of a sudden it's a thing you were going to do once and you're five or six years in and you're still doing it you're looking at each other going why are we doing this and I think you know we reevaluate it after every show and it's really about doing something special for music fans and doing something special for musicians and one of the fun sort of things for for guys that play music at all in any capacity. You know, so many of these people have been trying to make it as musicians and going out on the road and touring at different points in their lives and playing for 20 people, playing for 50 people. And the fact that we can sort of hack the code and put five to 700 people in a club and let you go on stage and feel that energy, you know, it's a really special thing. And the musicians love it. And so we like the vibes are important. The fact that it's a positive and fun reinforcement of how special music is to people, regardless of the genre. I mean, you know, that's the thing. We're always looking at, like, what else does Louisville love? You know, like, what is after new metal? I mean, because these things are all cyclical. But we want to make sure that ultimately it's about musicians and music fans coming together and, and the vibes are, are great. That's awesome. So we thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, obviously, December 2nd, Louisville Loves new Emo is going to be happening. Louisville Loves New Metal 2 coming, coming soon. soon. Well, I'm going to have to travel. We're, you're going to have to give me a lot we of heads up. We also have one other plug. Uh, love, oh. love, ska. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, or am I? <laughs> or am I? Oh, you never know. I, I used to joke about new metal on stage at emo, and then so um, now we're actually doing our first Louisville loves emo not in Louisville. So we're doing uh, January 13th in Covington, Kentucky, which is just south of Cincinnati. Uh, we're playing at Madison Live, so that'll be an interesting uh experiment right we expanded we expanded the brand to new metal kind of horizontally now we're trying to go literally vertically like north uh and see if we can get another market to care uh and there was a lot of debate about whether or not we'd even call it louisville loves new metal or excuse me emo or if we'd call it sensi loves emo or whatever we decided to keep the the name and the brand and all that but that'll be an interesting thing and i also want to plug that because it's in a month and hopefully our uh turnout for that is great because we we have no idea it'll be our first time doing it up there so well, I can say that the show is run great. It's a great time. You get great musicians to play. Everybody is passionate. I've been talking about that guy who did Twist forever. Like, yeah. That guy, just incredible. Incredible work all around. The uh, Having a chainsaw out for oh, break th- stuff. Did he, hey, These... did he call you before we recorded and said to bring up the chainsaw? Is he paying you? <laughs> no. So, this no, was I, one of the this was one of the great Zach and Brian confrontations. I tried to ixnay the chainsaw like over and over and over, and I got it down from a real active chainsaw, just like spraying sparks on stage, down to the fake thing that he came out with. And all I've heard is how great the chainsaw was, which is irritating because I've already mm-hmm. said that Zach's right a lot of the time on this podcast. I feel like I'm on the record mm-hmm. saying that Zach has a good record of being right. I tried to put a line in the sand one time, and I was wrong. Yeah. It happens. I mean, I would say my only note is that when you guys do Slipknot next time, you need to get a bigger barrel. <laughs> you get a call a paper from a bar owner friend and say, like, listen, can you bring, can you yeah. give us a keg? Yeah, there it is. You need that. You need someone the, yeah. said that. Maybe it was on your actual uh, episode or whatever. It was like you need to mic the keg next time. <laughs> yes, and that was one where I was wrong because when when uh, 
Dodie, who's the drummer who brought and uh, created that keg too, because it was like a proper uh, rig that he built. Uh, when he came in, I was like, please, God, do not mic that. It's going to be so loud because <laughs> he was hitting it with a metal baseball bat. And I'm like, we're all going to be deaf just from this existing. And then people were like, the keg could have been a little louder. And I'm like, of course. <laughs> always day one. Uh, <laughs> yep. You always learn it. Yep. Um, well, I'm excited to hear what you guys do for that next playlist. Because um, obviously there's probably going to be a, a little bit of overlap because you got to have some of the hits. But I'll be curious to see what new stuff you work in or so, some stuff that hasn't been played. I've already Obviously, got a list on my lim- phone that is new metal oh. new metal for next year, songs I feel like we missed this year. So uh, if you've got any suggestions, feel free to send them our direction. I was going to say, I, I challenge you know, your audience, message us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and say, hey, y'all need to play X, Y, and Z. Because we, we really do like, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to make decisions, but this is an extremely collaborative process. Like, the musicians bring ideas to us. The audience brings ideas to us. So if you're like, hey, there's a lot of blind spots. Like we forget, you know, oh, man, that band yeah. was epic. Like, how did we miss them this time? Like uh, one of the bands did uh, without me knowing, which, you know, is normally I'd freak out. I'm like, no, they changed something. But uh, they did Rob Zombie in the middle of Power Man 5000. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes. I was like, that was so sick. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that they did that. <laughs> but like, you know. Ironically, I'm a big Power Man 5000 fan and not really a huge Rob Zombie fan, but like that was such an obvious crossover. Like, why why didn't I think it? You know, so like any ideas you guys have, we're super super open and including your your audience as well. So. Awesome. The one I'm gonna mention from this day by Machine Head. Nice. It's a little bit of a deep cut, but it rips. <laughs> it really Machine rips. Head's name has been coming up, so we'll have to definitely take a look. There we go. There we go. Zach, Brian, thank you both so much for coming on. Louisville loves emo. Louisville loves new metal. The show is December 2nd. Headliners in Louisville, Kentucky. Look them up on Instagram. Thanks so Thanks. much, guys. This is awesome. Rock and roll. Thanks, guys. Matt. Couldn't be nicer. They the, couldn't be nicer. They couldn't be nicer. They couldn't be. Even when we stopped recording, they were so nice. When we, when I was having major technical difficulties. Major tech. Major tech. Always being, day one is uh, what Lauren and I lovingly refer to as our technology never working, even if it just worked the day before, five minutes before. Mm-hmm. It's always the first day. You're always troubleshooting. Like, where's always. that buzz coming from? Where's How it? come it sounds like I'm cutting out? Mm-hmm. It's always day one. Always day one, but these gentlemen were so nice. We're so glad that they were able to come on. Uh, definitely check out uh, Louisville Loves Emo. I like that they're branching out. I, I would love to see that type of spectacle up here in the D. I would see a new metal night. If they came in with that, where they have bands playing the songs bands playing the songs it's it's a whole thing because then you're at a show a show at a show because here's the other thing matt let's break it down at the end of the day it's tough to activate a pit to a cd you're correct it's tough to activate a pit to an mp3 you're right but if you've got some hot hands hold an electric guitar that has seven strings on it which I believe leads to signature sounds. It leads to some signature sounds. Plus, if you've got a pedal board. Oh, so many pedals. If you've got a bunch of pedals. And if you've got a boy with the vocal prowess to scat, to scream, 
to howl, to moan, to rap. You got a night. To have to hold. To have to hold. All of that. That's somebody's vows right now. They're writing that shit down. Ooh, these are my vows. <laughs> it's going to be a hot night. I am intending to attend. Intending to attend. What a sentence. Okay. Uh, Louisville. Attending, intending to Intending attend. to attend. The Louisville Loves Emo Night. I want, I want to check it out. I want to see what's going on. I will be honest. I am not as familiar with emo, Matt, hey. as I am with new metal. I listened. They made a playlist, and I was going through the playlist. And um, what is very notable about emo, as opposed to new metal, is that the voices are very high. They're higher. Way higher. Way higher. Also, the misogyny cranked. (laughs) I'm just going to be real with you guys. I was like, new metal, they got a woman problem. And then I listened to like half an hour of emo, and I was like, sorry, guys, <laughs> emo. Let me tell you, if you ain't getting, if you are a woman and you have been drowned, you're in an emo song, okay? <laughs> Those boys love a lake in a bag, all right? They love it, all right? <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, let me tell you. But, I mean, uh, listen, they're not all like that, okay? No. They're not all like They can't that. be. They can't be. They got to expand. But uh, either way, I'm excited to check out the Emo Night. Just <laughs> like their lungs won't. Exactly. Um, but yeah. All right, it take was... us home. Matt, it's time to take us home. Closing out every good old episode of Roach Coach with Vandals Can't Handles Part 2. The Rise of the Roach. All right, Matt. Listening okay. to a band called My Ruin from their album Speak and Destroy. This is Sick With It. Sick with disease, deny addiction, down on my knees, be my affliction, stand to be my own decisions, seek unto please, distorted visions, All right, all right, all right, all right. Vandals can handles. So my ruin. So Matt, I don't know if you know this, but my ruin is the follow-up band to Tura Satana. I did not know that. That is Terry B on vocals. This is uh, this uh, this band is a duo with her and her husband McMurphy. According Hmm. to Wikipedia. They existed from 1999 to 2014. They're currently on hiatus. They are, according to Wikipedia, a DIY band who have control over every aspect of their output. Their records include The Brutal Language, Throat Full of Heart, and the live album Alive on the Other Side. 
And uh, I would say it's been a long time since we've done the Tour of Satana record, which we did not enjoy. No. This felt better. She's definitely screaming. She's definitely going for it. Definitely. I'm not sure I want to hear more, but it wasn't too bad. How did you feel? Yeah, I, I definitely, it. I honestly felt a little hardcore to me, like very kind of more in that hardcore edge. But I, I didn't, I, I didn't have a strong opinion of it. I, I, I liked, I certainly liked how aggressive it, it was. Mm, it is certainly aggressive. You're absolutely right, Matt. Uh, according to Wikipedia, their overall genre tags are alternative metal and new metal. Let me check and see what the tags are for the album Speak and Destroy. Straight up new metal. Mm. Yep. And this record, Matt, August 23rd, 1999. Thick of it. That's the thick of it, baby. That's the thick of it. And Wow. And you know what this album has on it, Matt? What's that, buddy? It's got a cover. It's got a cover. It's pretty fucking new metal. Yeah. What that cover is, Matt? Tainted Love. Ha <laughs> ha that's amazing. That's amazing. So we might have to do back. We might have to do back in. See what Terry P's up to. Do, you know what? Listen, making new metal with your significant other. It's pretty new metal. I don't think we see it too often. No, definitely don't. Definitely do not. I'm trying to think of somebody's famous wife or husband getting dragged into <laughs> something. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. Uh, all right. Well. Eric Vandal, you did it again. You hit us with another one. You wowed us. Another uh, one. Another one. And that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We're on all of them. Patreon.com slash Roach Coach Podcast. Get on over there. You know what? I'm just going to say it, Matt. New shit coming 2024. Get ready. Get ready. Get, get ready. ready. Get ready on that Patreon. Patreon. It's happening. It's happening. Definitely go and check out Louisville Loves Emo on Instagram. Follow them. Find out about their shows. Find out about everything they're doing. And definitely, if you're in the Louisville area, head on over December 2nd. Get your ass over there. Get in the pet. Get your ass over there. Get your ass over there. Get your ass over there. And and also, Matt, my ticket home is reuniting? Come on. Come on. This this is the best news. This is the best best news news ever. This is nuts. All right. Until next time, Matt, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Roach